I'm Stacey Mitchell, and you're listening to Something Even Better, a podcast about letting go of old dreams and what's not working so you can make room for something even better, where we explore the many unexpected twists we all go through to find our way to more aligned and meaningful work and lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Something Even Better. So I'm really big on tracking my data and analytics, and if any of you know the wealth dynamic assessment, I am solidly in the Lord category, which means I am always looking at data and how to make things better, right? But also just to see trends. And so far this year, my podcast on quitting social media has been my most downloaded, by far most downloaded episode. And those downloads just keep coming. They keep growing over time. Clearly, I feel like I've hit a big nerve. It seems we all want to know how to spend less time on social media. Whether we have a business that uses social media for marketing or we just use it for fun in our downtime, in our personal lives, we are all looking for ways to put down our phones and pay attention to our real lives. But still, we find ourselves getting stuck in doom scrolls or TikTok tunnels <laughs> and losing hours and hours and hours of our time and attention without meaning to. We all want to spend less time on social media, but we just can't quite figure out how. And that's what this podcast is all about today. Social media is that energy vampire we all want to remove from our lives, but somehow just lures us right back in without us even noticing, right? And it's time to pull a Buffy (laughs) and slay that social media and put it back in its place. So let's talk about, before we dig deeper into how to do it, let's talk about why, right? Why is it important for us to spend less time on social media? I know I talked about this in that episode I was just talking about, about quitting social media. You can find it. You're going to, you can search the podcast feed, but you can find it if you want to listen to that one first. But I want to revisit this topic and add some additional research and context that I've come upon this year. So as of right now, I'm reading Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And what's become more and more obvious to me is how much social media has been designed to zap our ability to pay attention. And while I know I already talked about this in that other episode, and I talked about its impact of social media on our coaching skills in even a different episode, I think this particular focus-killing effect needs more examination. Hari talks about something that really freaks me out. It's something that's, I guess, been sort of hiding in the back of my brain in the archives, right? Some of you know that I studied psychology in undergrad, and of course, we learned about the history of psychology research, including the infamous B.F. Skinner and his experiments on pigeons. Now, I do want to pause really quickly. I have a lot of research, a lot of things I'm going to talk about in this episode that I have linked to other resources and research. So if you're interested in digging in deeper to this, I do recommend that you go into the show notes and find the blog post for this episode so that you can do your own research, do your own reading. 
Okay, now back into it. So basically Skinner realized that he could, in a sense, control the behaviors of pigeons through the use of positive reinforcement or punishments. Now, I'm not getting into the deep mechanics of this, right? You didn't sign up for a full-on psychology lecture today, so we're going to skip some of this. But the bottom line is that Skinner realized you could shape animal behavior, and that includes human behavior, through operant conditioning. Here's a quote from simplepsychology.org to better define operant conditioning for you. Skinner argues that the principles of operant conditioning can be used to produce extremely complex behavior if rewards and punishments are delivered in such a way as to encourage an organism to move closer and closer to the desired behavior each time. Now, here's where I want to take us out of the history lesson and back to the effects of social media. Social media is designed to use rewards and punishments to get all of us humans to do what it wants us to do, which is to, number one, stay on the app, and number two, create more content. When we stay on the app, we can be shown more ads, right? We get more advertisements, and thus we can be trained to buy more things. We're literally, it's the attention. The attention is what the platform is all about. They are selling attention. And when we create more content, we are working for these companies for free. The social media companies are reaping the rewards of our labor. But even more, those rewards that we get back, the likes, the shares, the follows, the comments, the views, are rewards we humans have evolved to crave. We are social creatures that thrive when we have a community that approves of us and gives us a place to belong. And so these reinforcements are practically irresistible to us. Even infants, babies, have been shown to desire this need for belonging. It is that strong. Now, this isn't a bad thing, right? It's a survival mechanism. The problem is that social media uses this very natural human need of community and acceptance to keep us staring at our phones for several hours a day, making us think we've built a real community, but in reality, making us lonelier than ever. And if you think there aren't punishments on social media, think again. The biggest aha moment I have recently is that the less time I spend on social media, the less engagement I get on any of the posts I put out, which I get it. It's social media. You're meant to be social. But we also know that the algorithm rewards more content, more stories, more reels, and more time on the app, period. And I even realized recently that these apps are they're getting very smart. These companies are getting very smart about forcing us to keep these apps on our phone. And forcing is in quotes, like it feels like force, right? The content that's highly rewarded, reels or stories, requires us to have the apps on our phones to share them. You can't do it from a web browser. And tell me that's not on purpose. I know it's on purpose. So there are tons of mechanisms for keeping us stuck on the app. Not only are we rewarded for posting and staying on the app with more likes, but we're also punished 
for not being on the app and posting as much. And it's a really dangerous thing that happens. We're rewarded with something irresistible and we're punished with something that can really poke at one of our deepest, darkest fears. So if you're not careful, the more time you spend on social media, the more you're reinforced to spend even more time on social media. It's a sick cycle. And as one of my favorite authors on this, Cal Newport often says, and this is me paraphrasing, we were just never meant to have so many inputs from so many strangers. And it's clearly working because nearly half of all U.S. adults spend five to six hours a day on their phones. And this doesn't even include work-related use. Five to six hours a day. These numbers keep going up, by the way, because I think it was a different number before uh, in in my other episodes. And for more math to paint a very bleak picture, if we go with, let's say, five and a half hours, that in between, that ends up being just over 2,000 hours a year. That's 83 days of 24-7 nonstop staring at our phones. And to put this into even more perspective, 48% of Americans also say that they are too busy with work to exercise. That's almost half. 25% say they never have time to make breakfast. 23% say they haven't read even a part, a part of a book, 23% in the last year. That's just, it's mind boggling to me. These stats actually, I mean, really and truly, they make me want to cry. And we haven't even gotten into the effects of social media on our mental health. A 2018 study found that social media use can mess up your sleep, which is associated with depression, memory loss, and poor performance. It's also linked to loneliness, poor self-esteem, anxiety, the risk of being bullied. And I know you're probably thinking bullying, like that's for kids and teenagers. I think we've all seen it happen to adults too. It happens now. And with a recent study out about how sharply dopamine falls when you're expecting a reward that never comes. I mean, just think about that reel you spent an hour on or two hours on that got like 50 views and then you were all sad. That makes you feel super crappy. And it's all just because of an algorithm. And none of this touches on the emotional energy that's required when you're active on these apps. You never really know what you'll see or hear when you log in, right? When you, when you go into Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, Twitter, you never know what you're going to see or hear. And with all the many, many awful things happening around the world, it sometimes feels like we are torturing ourselves with traumatizing news. And I would venture to say, actually, I'm pretty sure I've heard it from a lot of different experts, that we were not meant to watch or hear bad news all day long, every day. That wouldn't have happened in our communities way back when, right? We would have had ebbs and flows of positive and negative. Now, I do want to be clear, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have an understanding of what's happening in the world and take action and stand up for what we believe in, but rather that we don't need to see bad news for five to six hours every day in order to take that action for change. And even more, 
Think about what we could do for our causes that we care so much about if we spent those five to six hours doing the work and volunteering. There's just so much we could all be doing with our lives if we would spend less time on social media. Now I know. You're like, okay, I get the why. I get why it's important. So let's talk about how, right? And I have 10 tips for you. And this is based on my own experiences because I have really been trying to spend way less time on my phone and on these social media apps. And I'm going to take you through these. These are very practical tips. I do want to go ahead and say, I want for there to be a change, right? A greater systemic change. But until we get to that point, until we get to where these apps have to change, these social media companies have to change, these are some practical tips for doing your own work and getting control back of your time. So the first one, remove social media apps from your phone. So most of you know I removed social media from my phone after my month off in January. So I I completely took the month off in January in 2022, and it was really blissful. And it was even more blissful just to take them off my phone, you know, moving forward. I was still going into my web browser, but um, I I didn't have it on my phone. So it was a lot harder for me to, to get into it. Now, I will admit, I added Instagram back for purely business purposes. And that was to record those very intermittent reels and stories. And I'll just be honest that I've already been rethinking that because just doing that one thing, just adding it back, I've already felt more pressure to create and to be on the app more. Even though I don't get notifications, I, you know, I have something that blocks me from using it, blah, blah, blah. I have all the things set up in place that I'm going to talk about in a minute, but I still like, I think there's still that pull that I didn't have before, which is exactly what I didn't miss, right? About having it on my phone. So we'll see, that might change. But I highly recommend, like there's no better way of cutting back than just getting them off your phone, period. You can still check on online, but you have to be at a laptop. Okay, second, download an app to help you. If you're a person who really just can't remove social media from your phone or you're not ready to make that leap yet, there are a ton of apps out there that can help you use them less. My favorite Android app is Stay Free, but Freedom, Off Time, Moment, and I'm sure so many others can help you know your stats and provide ways to manage your time spent on social media. Stay Free is my favorite because every night it sends me my phone stats for the day and compares my time spent on my phone to the day before. It also gives me averages which for someone who is a bit competitive like me, it really works. It will also block me from Instagram if I go over a certain time limit, which for me right now is 20 minutes. I tend to not do it, but occasionally it'll happen. And it even warns me three minutes before that block happens. I will say, however, Stay Free is currently only available on Android, but Freedom is a similar app that you can use on your iPhone. So number three, Turn off the notifications and keep your phone on silent. I've been doing this for a very long time, especially keeping my phone on silent. I never have my phone ringer on. I never have, like, I just keep it on silent all the time. I cannot stand the pings, right? Um, I admit I almost forgot to include this because I pretty much always kept my phone on silent all day, every day. As I said, I've never been able to tolerate those constant pings. They just, I can't do it. 
but when I decided to add Instagram back to my phone, at least for now, I immediately turned off all the notifications. And it's really helped me check the app on my own time versus feeling pulled to see what someone DM'd me or getting those silly little notifications like so-and-so posted for the first time, blah, blah, blah. I don't care, <laughs> right? Um, so it's been really, really helpful not to have those notifications. All right, next. Get an alarm clock for the love of all things. Don't you dare, don't you dare sleep with your phone in your bedroom. And especially not on your night table. There is research that just having your phone close by constantly pulls at our attention, meaning you'll feel compelled to check it and you might even hear that phantom buzz in the middle of the night. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. Invest in a super cheap alarm clock and keep your phone somewhere else. I've been doing this forever. I have not slept with my phone in my room unless like I have to for whatever reason. I have not done that for years and years and years and years. And I will say, I think I sleep better than the majority of my friends. And I don't feel the pull to check my phone at 3 a.m., which I know a lot of you do. Okay, next. Next tip. Create a dedicated space for your phone and keep it there the majority of the time. I know this is going to feel super weird, but you don't actually need your phone next to you all day. And having it further away will immediately help your ability to focus and you will stop feeling that urge to check it for the 500 millionth time. Next tip, make your phone less appealing. So one of the quickest ways to do this is to switch your phone over to grayscale. I know that may sound way too simple to work, but Google design ethicist Tristan Harris says going to grayscale can dull the fun of so many of our apps, reducing that positive reinforcement effect and slowly taking the edge off our urge to check our phones. The next tip, create phone hours. Decide when you can and can't use your phone. Think of these like office hours, but for your phone, right? You know when you're working or not, or at least I hope so. So take it further and decide when you're phoning, right? When is it okay? And when it's not phone hours, your phone should stay in its dedicated space. Okay, next, track your patterns. When do you reach for your phone? Start paying attention to when you feel pulled to use your phone. I am almost always feeling bored or anxious. I feel like I need to be doing something. And that's when I check. That's when I'm in Instagram. The more you know about what triggers you to check your phone, the more you can be prepared to sub in a new default activity instead. And speaking of that, create a new default activity. What do you really wish you had time for? Do you want to read more? Do you want to have more actual phone calls with loved ones? Do you want to write? Do you want to take up a new hobby? Do you want to work out? Do you want to meditate? Use that wish to create your new default activity so that the next time you feel that pull, you're ready. You're ready to go. You know what it is. Don't decide in the moment, right? Decide before, because if you decide in the moment, your indecision will bring you back to your phone. And remember, five minutes of writing or yoga or reading is way better than five minutes of time wasted scrolling. Don't let the idea that it's not enough time, <laughs> keep you from choosing a different activity.
And last but not least, if you're a business, change your approach to marketing. Seriously, if you're a business owner and you're struggling with how to spend less time on social media, this is my best advice. Stop relying so heavily on social media. There are so many amazing ways to market your business that don't require social media at all, like SEOs, referrals, networking, guest podcasting, and so many others. But if you're like, I cannot do that, if you feel like you absolutely must, then outsource that. Your peace is a priority. And it's way too easy to get too invested in your business's social media accounts as the business owner. Let someone else handle it for you if you really feel that your business can't leave it behind. Okay, now I want to talk about the benefits. The benefits of spending less time on social media. Because I think that's important. I think it's really important to not just think about this as sort of like a weird punishment on yourself, like I have to spend less time on social media. That is not a very fun way to approach it. I want you to think about like the amazingness. What what could really happen when you loosen social media's grip on your life? And I just want to say, the more of us who decide a different path ahead, the better our collective society will be. And I know some of you may think this is super cheesy, but I really do worry about the impact of all of this lost attention and time on our world. Think of the amazing insights or innovations we might be missing because we're all glued to our screens all day. We're not doing that deep thinking or having real conversations or reading that one book that changes everything or even just appreciating nature more and realizing why we need to protect it. The personal benefits of spending less time on social media are clear. More time, more focus, better mental health. But what about the benefits to the world if our society as a whole spent less time on social media? What could we do with all of that collective time and focus? And as I end this episode today, I encourage you to think, I really, really want you to think of what impact you want to have on the world and what you could do with an extra 83 days a year. Really sit with it. Let yourself dream. Because ultimately, you have to want what you can do without social media more than you want social media if you really want to spend less time on it. And in case you're new, new to the podcast, I don't want to forget to mention that I have collected the very best resources books, articles, podcast episodes, quotes, the list goes on, and more to help you quit social media or drastically reduce your time. And you can get this list of amazing resources, which I keep updated, by the way, over at stacymitchell.com social. And if you are a business owner and you're trying to find a new way to market, you can get my free SEO cheat sheet, which honestly has been such a game changer in my business. My web traffic is up 159%. My podcast downloads are up, I think 60%, right around that number. And you can grab that resource at stacymitchell.com SEO. Both of these resources are linked in the show notes. And finally, if you love this episode, 
please don't forget to share it with a friend or two. I know I say it at the end of every episode, you probably don't even hear me anymore, but it really does mean so much to me. And you never know whose life you might change through simply sharing. If you can spare a few minutes and you love the podcast, I also would love if you'd head over into your podcast app and leave me a quick review. This is how I grow the podcast. This is how we get more listeners. And when I get more listeners, I can do more amazing things for my community. And again, thank you so much again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode. If you love this podcast, why not share it with your friends, your family, your favorite social media profile, literally everyone you know. (laughs) And take a minute to give me a review wherever you listen. I love reading the reviews and sharing is always caring.